You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome in. This is Theology for the Rest of Us, and I have the privilege and honor of being your host. My name is Kenny Ortiz, and I am recording from the great metropolis of Orlando, Florida. Hey, thanks for checking out today's episode. This is episode 170, and in just a moment, we're going to be dialoguing about a man by the name of John the Baptist. Super stoked to chat with you about him. Uh, Before we dive in, quick reminder about the importance of reviews. I know we've got a lot of people who are listening to the show and are benefiting from this. That is exciting. Uh, to know that, and so I would just ask, uh, you know, call upon all of those peoples, if you have not done so already, please leave a review for the podcast, they are a big, big help, in essence, the more good reviews we have, the more people uh, will find the show, and so if you could help the show out and help us reach more people by leaving a review, that would be awesome, thank you so much. All right, let's talk about this guy by the name of John the Baptist. Very interesting character who who appears in the Gospels and really played a, a vital role, uh, you know, in the ministry of Jesus in a lot of ways. Uh, I actually went through the archives of all of my old episodes here on the podcast, and, and I really couldn't remember in which episodes I talked about John the Baptist. I know I think I've alluded to him a little bit in different episodes, but I couldn't remember precisely, you know, what I said about him and in which episodes I talked about him. And then I really thought about it and realized that I haven't really covered much about his life. You know, in in previous episodes, and realized I definitely should do that, and so excited to do this. Uh, this specific episode is in response to an email I got from a regular listener by the name of Elizabeth in the UK. Uh, if you've been tracking with me over the last few episodes, you know that I've actually answered some of Elizabeth's questions. She's got a bunch of great questions, and my intention is to answer several of them here on the podcast. In episode one sixty three was an episode in response to one of her questions, as well as our most previous episode, episode one sixty nine, uh, was also an episode in response to one. Of her questions. And so I love doing that. If you've got questions that you want me to answer, I would love to answer them and do episodes in response to your questions as well. You can go to our website and submit a form, or you can shoot me an email at heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. And so let's get to Elizabeth's question. Um, Elizabeth asked the question, why does Jesus call John the Baptist uh, the greatest of all those born of women? when he himself was born of a woman, right? So Elizabeth is saying, Jesus is basically saying John the Baptist is the greatest human ever, or at least that's that's sort of what we typically uh, think of when, when, we, when we quote that passage. Uh, when Jesus himself was born of a woman, you know, why doesn't Jesus say that he himself was the greatest born among women? Great question. To answer this, though, you got to really understand who John the Baptist was and what his role was uh, in the story of God. Um, John the Baptist is Jesus's cousin. Uh, I think they're second or third cousins. I'm not really sure exactly how that works. Um, their mothers were, were were second cousins, we believe. Uh, Mary and, and has her son Jesus, and then Elizabeth has her son John the Baptist, and many theologians believe that they were that they were second cousins and that they have sons. So what does that make them? Third cousins, once removed, fourth cousins? I'm not really sure precisely, but John the Baptist and Jesus were related in some regards. Um, and John the Baptist was a little bit older. He shows up on the scene first. He he becomes a prophet. He's our rabbi. And he is you know traveling around the region preaching. And he is getting people ready to receive the Messiah. And he this was prophesied in the Old Testament. It was prophesied that God would send someone 
to, to kind of make the way or kind of set the stage for the Messiah. We, you know, let me give you some metaphors. We do this in our modern culture. You know, before the president shows up in a city, we send the secret service ahead of time to kind of make the way possible. Now, we do it in our context for security purposes, but in, but in you know, in, in John the Baptist's case, it was set, he, he was doing this to sort of get people's hearts ready to receive the Messiah. Um, you know, another example in our modern culture that might even make more sense would be would be an opening act, right? Like when you go to a concert, you don't just see the main band. They send out an opening act, you know, a band that is maybe, you know, not as popular, not as well known. But, and, their, and their goal is to get the crowd ready, right? When you show up, you're not really cut quite in the mood most times. You need, you need, you take, it takes you a few minutes to kind of get into it, right? Well, that's what the opening act is supposed to do. The opening act shows up, warms up the crowd, gets people into the mood, gets people, you know, kind of feeling the emotion, getting excited so that when the main act comes on, people are already into it from song one. That's, that's in essence what John the Baptist is doing. He is showing up. He is traveling around Israel, preaching, mostly preaching in the desert. People are going out to the desert to hear him preach. And he is preaching this, this, this idea of repentance to, to tell God that you are, you, that you realize your sin and turn back to God and, and wait for the Messiah. There are this large group of Jewish people, this sort of revival taking place in the early parts of the first century where there's lots of people coming repenting of their sin, really recognizing that, you know, that God, uh, you know, that God is, is in control and, and that God is going to send a Messiah. And then they're looking forward to the Messiah. They were sort of this, this culture of expectation that the Messiah would show up on the scene. And John the Baptist was really the one that orchestrated this. It was his preaching and his ministry that was getting people to the place where they were willing to, to really look for and expect the Messiah to show up in their lifetime so that when Jesus showed up on the scene and declared himself to be the Messiah and he proved it by his incredible teaching and his miracles that the, the crowds would respond to him well. And so Jesus talks about John the Baptist being, you know, this great prophet in Matthew chapter uh, uh, 11, you know, he's talking to the people and he's like, well, who did you guys go out to see? You guys went out to go see this, this great prophet, right? And, and then he, he's like, you guys went out to the desert to, to you know, to, to listen to him. And, and he is one that was preparing the way, right, uh, for the Messiah. Jesus, of course, is referring to himself there. And then Jesus says these words. He says, truly, I say to you, among those born of, born of women, there has not arisen any greater than John the Baptist. He's making the point, listen, of the, 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 of all the people that have come up you know, on the planet Earth, John the Baptist is the greatest one. John the Baptist is the one that was fulfilling the Old Testament prophecy in Malachi 3 that someone would come, that the messenger would come to make the way, to set the stage, to warm up the crowd, so to speak. John the Baptist is the forerunner. John was a prophet and he fulfilled a great prophecy and he did a great job. Jesus praises him for what he has done. Jesus makes the point that of all those that have arisen, there is none greater than John the Baptist. Now the Greek word there, you know, we translate in the word arisen, the Greek word there in the New Testament that Jesus is using is the word that was typically used in theater whenever characters would appear onto the stage. They, it would say that they would have, they have arisen onto the stage, but it would be a context or it would be a word only used in the context of referring to previous characters that kind of took the prominent stage. They were characters that were there all along, but then they arise to prominence.
So throughout the page of the Old Testament, there's a variety of prophets and leaders and, and just people in general that have arisen onto the stage, that have taken the prominent role in leading the people of God. And at this point in human history, it had been John the Baptist. He was the one that had taken the prominent role in declaring to the people that the Messiah was coming. He was the one that had sort of taken center stage. And Jesus is making the point. Of all the people throughout Israel's history that at some point had taken center stage in terms of of kind of leading the people of God, the ones that had arisen onto the stage, there is none greater than John the Baptist because none of them was directly making the way for Jesus. He, he was making the point that the Old Testament prophets had done lots of great things, right? The the patriarchs and then Moses and and the Old Testament prophets. There were so many people that had done great things for God. But Jesus is making the point that up until now, of all the characters that have taken the stage, of all the people in the story of God that have that have kind of come to prominence, that have been leaders within Israel's history, none of them have done a better job of leading people to the Messiah. And that is because John the Baptist was serving as the forerunner, the direct messenger that would make the way for people to receive the Messiah. Up to that point, John the Baptist had fulfilled the greatest ministry that the the Jewish people had ever seen. But of course, that is because the cross had not yet happened yet. In, In the realm of human history, the cross had not yet taken place. And of course, the ministry of Jesus trumps the ministry of John the Baptist. In fact, John the Baptist himself makes it clear there, there will come a one after me. There will come one after me whose sandals I'm not even worthy to put on my feet. It's my paraphrase. It's basically what he says. And John the Baptist proclaims to all of his followers, I must decrease and he must increase. See, John the Baptist realized that, that his ministry was greater than Jesus at that point. It was grander in terms of the scope. He had more influence. He was impacting more people. He was baptizing people. He was he was more well-known up to that point. He came on the scene in terms of public ministry before Jesus did. But even John the Baptist realized as great as he was in terms of his ministry opportunity, not that he was more valuable than another, but the office that he stepped into and that the the ministry that he placed up to that point had had a grander impact than any of the Old Testament prophets. John the Baptist understood that, but even John the Baptist clearly later recognizes that there is one greater than I. There is someone who's going to do something that is greater than anything I have done. See, I have brought people to repentance and I have made the way for the Messiah, but it is the Messiah who step on the scene and will do something even greater than I. See, Jesus is saying that John the Baptist is greater than all the others. And then John the Baptist says, but Jesus is greater than me. I must decrease. He must increase. Man, the words of John the Baptist are powerful. And may those words always ring true. May we be the people that, that like John the Baptist, that we would say, I must decrease, Jesus must increase. Our role in the lives of people that we love, the people we correspond with, we are like the John the Baptist in their life. We should correspond with them in such a way to make way for the Messiah, to prepare their hearts, to challenge them to repent and to consider the Messiah that that, that, that can rescue them from the consequences of their own sin. It is my responsibility to love people and to have conversations with people that challenge them to eventually embrace the Messiah. And it is then my responsibility to declare to everyone that I have influence with that Kenny is not the most important one, that there is one greater than me, far greater, whose sandals not even worthy to put on my feet. May I declare to the world, 
I must decrease. Jesus must increase. May all of us take that attitude every single day in our lives. If we do that, I believe God will use all of us in a profound way. Hey, thanks for checking out this episode of the podcast. Shout out to Elizabeth. Thank you for your emails. I look forward to answering more of your questions in the future. Anyone else, if you have a question or a topic that you want me to address, feel free to shoot me an email. I promise I'll do an episode in response to every question that comes my way. The best email address is heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. Hey, if you like listening to the podcast, check out my other podcast, the Student Ministry Podcast. It's designed to be a resource for any person working in youth ministry or student ministry. So check it out. The easiest way to find it is on the web at studentministrypodcast.com. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us. Hey.